So imagine with me, if you will, got a little story to start out um, the message tonight. Imagine that there's this husband and wife. They have a couple of kids, and they have an opportunity to go to this black tie event. It's a really, I mean, it could be a, like maybe a award celebration. It could be a Christmas party. I don't know. It's just a fancy, fancy event that this husband and wife get to go to. And I want to give you two different perspectives of this event. So the wife is thrilled. She's so excited about this event. And she's been looking forward to it for months. And so that morning she wakes up, she drives like three hours to go drop off the kids at the grandparents' house and drives three hours back. All the while, she is anticipating this ridiculously special night with her husband. She can't wait to just be in his presence and, and love on him and just have this special night with him. On the other end, there's a husband. And the husband hasn't really thought about it that much. Yeah, it's on the calendar. But on this, happened, on this Friday, he... He's just inundated with work. He's in the hustle and bustle of work. He isn't focused on the event. And more than anything, he's just like, I'm just excited to go have a couple drinks and hang out with some friends. And so throughout the day, he's like, oh, can't this day just get over? And so there's these two different stories going on. Same event, but these two very different attitudes about this event. So the wife finally gets home around 4 o'clock. She's been in the car all day. She, you know, showers and is getting ready for the event. And again, she's just giddy about it. And so she's picking out which dress she should wear and and what jewelry she should wear. And the husband, he gets home around 5.30. The event starts at 6.30. And he goes on and throws on a, a, a suit jacket and is like, all right, babe, you ready? And she's like, no, 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 I, 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 I need a little bit more time. Just a little bit more time. I'll be down in a few. Uh, the husband goes downstairs, he plops down on the couch, pulls out his iPhone, starts looking at like football scores, and five minutes later he's looking at his watch, because for some reason he looks at his watch for time instead of his phone, and um, he he is like, oh, it's been five minutes, so he goes back to his phone, and then it's ten minutes, and it's fifteen minutes, and finally his bride turns the corner on the stairs just starts walking down the stairs and she's radiant she's beautiful she's picked out her best dress she's got this pearl necklace on she's got these diamond earrings and she's smiling from ear to ear she's so excited about being with her husband that night and her husband says all right you ready and so they get into the car and the irritation doesn't subside it builds and finally 10 minutes into the drive he's like why can't you get ready quicker? You knew the event was at 6.30. It's, it's 6.15. We're going to be late. And she tries to say, well, I wanted to get ready. I'm like, I understand, but we need to be there at 6.30. All of a sudden, this night of excitement, this night that could have been pretty amazing, is ruined. This moment is ruined because the husband was not aligned with his wife. Friends, this is... An example of, I mean, just, just think for a second of uh, how the wife feels. She f- feels overlooked. She feels underappreciated. She feels grieved. She's hurting. And friends, this is what we often do to the Holy Spirit when we grieve the Holy Spirit. And so tonight, I have the privilege of talking about 
grieving the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, and it really is a privilege. And this actually is going to be the last message in our series, Holy Spirit, Wonderful, Not Weird. So this is the closer. This is the clincher. And um, over the last few weeks, for those of you who haven't heard the messages, we've had about 20 to 25 weeks where we've just uh, gone into Scripture and looked at what the Lord says about the Holy Spirit and, and what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. And it has been a fantastic series. I mean, it's been 20 plus weeks. There's been so much goodness. So we've gone over the gifts of the Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is a giver of gifts. We studied the First Corinthians 12 gifts, but we then we also looked at the fact that there's way more gifts than just the normal, you know, gifts of prophecy, gifts of healing, gift of the word knowledge, all those. There's way more than that. You know, we never talked about like the Ephesians 4 gifts, the Acts 6 gifts. But if you didn't listen to Mark's message on just the giver of gifts, I would totally encourage you to do so because that's a powerful message just about how the Holy Spirit is intentional about giving us gifts so that he can carry out his purpose. They will know us by our fruit. We talked about how people will know us by the fruit of the Spirit and that we're not to go after gifts. We're to pursue Jesus. And when we pursue Jesus, the gifts come, the fruit come. And we just really focus on, we can't just focus on, I desire gifts, I desire gifts. We have to focus on the Lord and then he'll give us gifts. He'll give us the fruit. We talked about how the Holy, Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it. He is he. He is a person. He is a person. Russ Frey's talked about the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the importance of tongues. We have covered so much in this series. And coming out of it, do you all want the gifts of the Spirit? Do you want the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in your life? And I have to tell you that if we do not focus on how we grieve the Holy Spirit and how we can grieve the Holy Spirit and how to avoid grieving the Holy Spirit, these last 20 to 20, 25 weeks are somewhat in vain. Because we have all this information, but instead of focusing on the fact that this is a relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit, we're focused on all the things we want. And all the while, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. So, let's, let's dive right into the verse of the night. So we're going to be in Ephesians 4 and 5 tonight. I'll be jumping around a little bit, um, but those are the main uh, areas where we're going to be studying this evening. And, um, yeah, let's go ahead and just read the verse right away. It's Ephesians 4.30 in the New American Standard Version says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So the next verse goes over, you know, how we don't grieve the Holy Spirit or how to avoid grieving the Holy Spirit, and we'll go over that shortly. But I want us to stop and look at this verse. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Very direct direction there. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit was sealed to us when we accepted Christ. That's something that we need to understand. The Holy Spirit was sealed to us when we accepted Christ. And there's sometimes some confusion over the usage of the, the symbolism of, of the dove for the Holy Spirit. You know, you, you look in Scripture and it says that um, the Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. But it's important to note that the Holy Spirit is not this, like, bird that just gets scared away and just flies away whenever we grieve him. The Holy Spirit is with us. We were sealed 
when we became Christian. So, it's important to note that the Holy Spirit doesn't leave. The Holy Spirit's here. What happens is that we come out of alignment with the Holy Spirit and we grieve the Holy Spirit and the anointing that comes from having the Holy Spirit upon us leaves. So it's not a matter of the Holy Spirit leaving. It's a matter of we are not in alignment with the Holy Spirit. So it's the same thing with the married couple that I was talking about earlier. They, in the car, they couldn't be much less connected, right? They have two very different um, moods. It's they, they're not in the same page at all, but they're still sealed to one another. They're still a husband and a wife. It's, it's the same sort of thing. So let's look at John one thirty two. This is you know, John the Baptist's testimony about the, the Spirit descending on Jesus. John testified, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, out of heaven and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. So we all kind of know the story of of the, the heavens opening up and the Spirit descending on Jesus and the Lord saying, This is my Son with whom I am well pleased. But the the words that we sometimes overlook in this passage is that the Holy Spirit remained on Jesus. The Holy Spirit remained. The Holy Spirit came down and the Holy Spirit remained on Jesus. They remained in line. And why is that? Is it because Jesus is God? No. It's it's because Jesus never grieved the Holy Spirit. Jesus was a man. Jesus came down and had to be a man so he could bear our sins and die for us. So the Holy Spirit didn't just rest and stay upon Jesus because he was God. He did that because he never grieved the Holy Spirit. He was aligned with the Holy Spirit. And we talked in the series about how Jesus didn't do any of his ministry until the Spirit fell upon him. And from that point on, they were aligned all the time. The Holy Spirit never left him. So, I think that's important to note that we often think that just because i mean jesus is god holy spirit is god that that's why they were aligned no it's because jesus never grieved the holy spirit um as i've been preparing for this message it's it, it's been so more and more apparent that the holy spirit is a person we've talked about it but i just need to point it out again the holy spirit is a person and he grieves when my wife is hurting, when my wife is grieving, when my wife is crying, it tears me up. I want to do everything I can to make sure that my wife comes out of it, that she's able to know how much she's loved, that she understands that she has a partner, that I love her full-heartedly and I want to do whatever I can to get her ungrieved, you know? Um we should have that type of relationship with the Holy Spirit. It should be more so than that. We should love the Holy Spirit more than we love our spouse, more than we love our kids. And like, if you're... The concept of the Holy Spirit grieving, you need to first understand the base, that he's a person. And next, ask the question, why would the Holy Spirit grieve? Why would he grieve? Well, the Holy Spirit has the most important job of any person on this earth, right? To 
guide us into all truth of Jesus Christ. And he has a purpose for you in that plan. He has a purpose for you in that plan. He has a purpose for you in that plan. He has a purpose for every single one of us in that plan. He has a purpose where we're aligned with him, where we are carrying out the gifts, and we have his purpose, and we have his heart, and we have an ability to change the kingdom for the Father. (laughs) And so, when we're not aligned, he's grieved, because he knows that that is our purpose. He knows that he wants to use us for that. So that grieves him. Also, you know, I'm going to borrow this. This isn't mine, but... The Holy Spirit put in some work. He wrote this. The Holy Spirit wrote this. And there's lots in here (laughs) that took some work. And so when we're flippant about reading the Bible, when we're not in it, when we're not prioritizing it, we are in turn saying, you know what, all that work you did, Holy Spirit, I don't really care. And that grieves him. So last weekend, I had James and Amy over for dinner. Um, and it's been a while since we've gotten together, but when we have gotten together, we've been to some really nice restaurants. And I know that James and Amy are foodies. I know that they love good food. And so as I was kind of thinking about what should I prepare for James and Amy, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give them my best meal. And I call it my best meal. I've only made it a couple times, but it is my best meal. And so that weekend, we go grocery shopping for tons and tons of ingredients, And on Sunday, are you ready? And I smoke Asian-style baby back ribs. And I do an Asian coleslaw. And so in the morning, I wake up. And first, got to put some, you know, Chinese five spice on the ribs. And then, you know, the barbecue sauce actually takes like an hour to make because you've got to simmer all the ingredients in there, right? So I, you know, first cut up shallots and garlic and onion. And I put them in. And then I put rice wine vinegar and apricot preserves and brown sugar and it goes on and on and on and I need to let that marinate and make sure it gets the right consistency and then I'm chopping up cabbage I'm chopping up red peppers carrots for the coleslaw and I've got this dressing that is you know it's peanut butter and it's um it's soy sauce and brown sugar and hoisin sauce and it takes a while <laughs> um and so right before they came over I opened up the smoker and like the ribs are glazed like, everything is perfect for this meal. Like, I am stoked for this meal. And I'm not going to make it for all of you, but I'm stoked <laughs> for, for, for this meal. Um, and so, what if, after all that work, James and Amy walk in the door, and I'm like, guys, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so excited to share this time with you. I prepared a meal for you. And they say, we got Taco Bell on the way in. Would I not have the right to be grieved at that moment? Like I made these awesome ribs. I spent all this time on this on these ribs and and I have a right at that time to be grieved because instead of accepting what I prepared for them which was really good, really good. <laughs> they instead just took care of themselves and they didn't align themselves with the awesomeness that I had prepared for them. So I have the right to be grieved. I'm not sinning when I grieve there. It's I am grieved because they have grieved me. Um, it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. He's put so much work into us, into our purpose, into what he has for us. And so when we are flippant, when we're like, you know what? I, my stuff's more important. It 
grieves him. It grieves him. So, let's think about Paul writing Ephesians really quick. Because as I was going through the scripture, I thought about, oftentimes we just read through scripture really quick, and we don't think about the fact that the Holy Spirit wrote it through Paul. And so, when Paul's writing, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, the next sentence is pretty important, right? The next verse is pretty important. And I'm thinking that the Holy Spirit, like, was talking to Paul, and Paul's like, all right, what, what grieves you most? What should I warn them about grieving you? And so Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Paul could have wrote, Sin grieves the Holy Spirit, because it does. But instead, he was intentional about, These are the things which you need to stay away from, because they grieve the Holy Spirit. So there's two specific items in here that I feel the Lord wants us as Impact Rock Church to really focus on. And the first is the first one, bitterness. And I feel bitterness comes in two forms. One is the surfacey bitterness. It's the irritability that we so often show when you get cut off in traffic, when you get irritated when you're in line at the grocery store, when your kid spilled his milk. Those types of instances, when we get irritated, that's bitterness. That's surfacey bitterness. That's a reactionary bitterness. And when we have that reaction, we then are grieving the Holy Spirit. We then are apart from the Holy Spirit in terms of we're not aligned with him. Um, if we're quick to irritation, we are quick to push away the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that's just checking yourself. you got to check yourself. You can't have those reactions. But the second, which, which I feel um, the Lord specifically wanted this church to talk about, is just deep-rooted bitterness. And I don't know if this is for someone in the church, if it's for multiple people in the church. But what can happen is we have wounds. We have something's, something's happened to us that is part of our... Uh, definition. It's what defines us. And we have held in our heart this bitterness towards this person for years, for months. Uh, it could be weeks, whatever it may be, but before you know it, that bitterness, it roots deep in your heart. And your heart isn't isn't full. Your heart isn't isn't aligned with the Holy Spirit because you've got this bitterness in your heart that needs to be healed. And um, that in and of itself is it's devastating. It's devastating to the Holy Spirit because there's this bitterness that you, you maybe aren't even aware of that you need to let go of. We can't desire the gifts of the Spirit but yet ignore the bitterness that we have in our heart. We just can't do it. We're going to come back to this. We're going to come back to that, the healing that you know we can get from that bitterness. But I want to move on because there's another word in here that I feel is very important, and that word is slander. Christians in general are kind of notorious for really muddying the lines between I'm really concerned for this person, so I'm going to tell you about this person, and gossip. We think that more or less it's okay to talk about 
a, a person and their shortcomings or what they did to us or how they wounded us and then say, let's pray for them. <laughs> let's take care of them. In high school, I, um, one of my uh, friends, had, I found out one of my friends had some inappropriate relations with her significant other. And so I went to one of my friends and I'm like, but I got to tell you, we got to pray for so-and-so because let me tell you what she did. Let's let's pray for her. That's not okay. That's not okay. And I'm I'm you know that was high schooler Brad, but we as adults do it more than you'd realize. We really do. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight is extremely deep. It says gossip separates the best of friends. It's not. I mean, it's kind of duh, really, actually. But it's it's so important, like. We as a church, we're a relational church. We have close bonds with many of the people in this church. And gossip will kill those close relationships. Slander will kill those close relationships. Author Dave Burchett, who wrote, When Bad Christians Happen to Good People, summarizes it like this. Gossip happens because, one, we take ourselves too seriously. And two, we don't take God seriously enough. Churches can be destroyed by gossip. And I feel that this church, we're close. We are a tight-knit group. We have multiple people that we're really good friends with that we do ministry with. And we have responsibilities. And we're on team. If, within our eldership, if Kara does something that just ticks me off for some reason, and I go and talk to Andy about it, instead of talking to care about it, it creates discord. It is gossip. It's against what is in the Word. There are so many verses in the Word that says, if you are if, if you are hurt by someone, take it to that person. The fear of conflict is a really big fear. I understand that. But when we are not intentional about bringing it to that other person, not only are we hurting that person, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. And from that, our ministry is lessened. Our ability to hear from the Spirit is lessened. Our ability to actually carry out the gifts of the Spirit is lessened. In First Peter, it, First Peter in general is a really good book just for like the the basis of just living a Christian life. You know, there's specific sections for um, for wives, for husbands, for servants, for kids. There's, there's very specific instructions. There's one section that's more or less entitled for everyone. And 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9 says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessing. These are the types of passages that we would read often if we were in the word often. And we'd be inspired to live out in love and respond when we're hurt with love. Respond when we are, when we are grieved with love. Respond with any, I mean, throw up, like a random, like any random thing you're going through, there's an answer for it in the Bible. 
And so if we're intentional about spending time in His Word, we aren't, we aren't going to let gossip and slander and all the other things in, in Ephesians 4.31 get to us. Um, I'd encourage you all to read uh, Ephesians 4 and 5 in general. Just read it all the way through. The gap between each Ephesians 4 and 5 is a little awkward. You know, It's one of those gaps where I don't know quite why they decided to have the like ending right here, you know, because some reading plans have you read a specific chapter and then you stop. I wouldn't do that with these two chapters because at the end of Ephesians 4, it says, Ephesians 4.32, Paul gives us instructions on how to live in the light, on how to not grieve the Holy Spirit. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. And then it goes on in Ephesians 5.1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved. Oh, sorry. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Walk in love. That's how to not grieve the Holy Spirit. Walk in love. Walk in love. I I prayed and prayed and prayed for an analogy that would help hit this point home. I didn't get one, so I need to just say this bluntly to you and hopefully it just sticks. If we are not intentional about entering into the presence of the Lord, we will let our sinful nature take over will grieve the Holy Spirit, and we will not be used as we're supposed to as a servant of Christ. If we are not intentional about entering into the presence of the Lord, surrendering ourselves, and saying, Lord, I enter your presence. Lord, I enter your presence. I give you my day. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my thoughts. Just use me. Teach me, Lord. And then getting in the Bible, we will not be used how God wants us to be used. It's just as simple as that. (laughs) The story at the beginning. It's not a true story. Kendra really wanted me to point out it's not a true story. (laughs) Um, Think about what would happen if the two were just aligned, like if the two were just so excited about the night, so they're both all week long just anticipating that night together. They're anticipating the the relational aspects. They're they're anticipating the the lights on the street. They're anticipating just walking arm in arm together. And what happens is the the husband is giddy on the day of. He's like, you know what? My wife really loves yellow roses. I'm going to buy her yellow roses on the way home because I know that that will add to her night. And he's complimenting her in all of the exact right ways all night because he knows her heart. He knows her needs. He knows what she wants. He knows when to get her food. He knows when to get her a drink. He knows when to put his arm around her. He is sensitive to what she wants. She's sensitive to what she needs. That's an awesome night. You know, it's a night of, of just being together. It's a night of doting on one another. It's probably a night of marital loving. Um, it's, it's one of those things that, 
Um, that when everything comes together, yes, I just talked about marital loving. It's a good thing. Um, we need to be intentional about looking out for the needs of the Holy Spirit. And we have a, a road map with the Bible. We can we get to speak to him. We get to speak to him. We can speak to him because he's right here. We can speak to him in our language. We can speak in tongues. We can make sure that our spirit is aligned with his spirit. We have all these tools available to us. Why don't we use them? <laughs> like, why don't we? Why don't we? If we're willing to give room to the Holy Spirit, and we're truly willing to give room to him, there's four key things that happen. And I love this. There's conviction of sin. There's conviction of sin. And that is so important. We talked about the, the bitterness, right? We talked about the bitterness that's just like stored up in your heart. That's part of you. That's rooted as part of who you are. You don't know it's there. How do you know it's there? By opening up and saying, Lord, speak to me. Please let me know where I'm without. Please convict me of where I am grieving you. And all of a sudden, this deep, this deep bitterness that you have is revealed, and you're able to be free. You're able to be free from that bitterness. That's what happens when you surrender to Him. When you surrender to Him. There's revelation in the Word. So when we read the Bible, I'd encourage you, spend five minutes before you open the Bible and just pray. Pray in the Spirit. Pray Pray to Him and just say, Lord, speak to me in this time. Speak to me as I read Your Word. And all of a sudden, new things are revealed. You're like, why did He use that word? Why did He use this word? Like today, the whole thing about thinking about Paul and the Holy Spirit and how they interact. Like that was just as I was reading that passage again today. And I was just spending time in him or with him. Both in him and with, yes, that, that fits. And he revealed, like think about how intentionally I wrote Ephesians 4.31. Think about how intentionally I wrote that. I could have said, sin grieves me. But instead, I really want you to focus on these things. You know, that's revelation that comes when you're just open to him speaking to you. Again, if you are entering his presence, if you're surrendering, we get revelation to our purpose. We get revealed to us what our purpose is, how he wants to use us, what gifts he wants to use us in. And that's fun. That's exciting. <laughs> because that's like what we all should strive for as Christians. And then finally, we get sensitivity to his gifts. All the gifts that he wants to just pour out on us. Because we're intentional. We're surrendered. We are fully in his presence. And then his gifts just come flowing through us. And we don't even know what happens. Because it's like the Holy Spirit is like, yes, I'm aligned with you. You aren't grieving me. I see you. I see your heart. And I'm going to use you. I just, uh, like, I've had such a, like, not a heaviness, but like a, an urgency as um, I've been studying for this message because we grieve him. Our Savior, our, our Holy Spirit that was sealed to us, we grieve him. 
we make him sad. <laughs> that should break our hearts. So as I, I don't even need to really say this, the Holy Spirit's not formulaic. I love formulas, but this is not a formulaic type of Holy Spirit at all. And I'm not saying that he's not going to use someone who is grieving him. It doesn't say that in Scripture. The Holy Spirit, you know, even if I've had a rotten week and I've been so far away from him and I have grieved him and I have been doing things to him, he's, he has a purpose for Harold tonight. And therefore, he's like, you know what? I know that when Brad says this word of knowledge to Harold, that Harold's going to receive it, and he wouldn't receive it if, I don't know, Brandon gave it to him. Like, the Holy Spirit's that strategic. The Holy Spirit is going to have his way. He wants to have his way. So as long as you're willing, he still he still could use you. He still wants to use you. But, I'd go ahead and say that he, the ratio of him using those who are grieving him versus those who aren't is probably like this, right? It's probably more in the, like, you're aligned with me. Like, I, I can trust you. I can trust you to hear this word of knowledge and give it with the exact love that I want it to be given. I can trust you with this picture for this person because I know you're going to describe the background. You're going to be able to describe the lighting in the background because that's actually what's going to be important to that person. Like, that's what is so powerful about being aligned with the Holy Spirit. What we're going to do tonight, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, I truly feel like the Lord wants us to enter into a time where we are vulnerable and open and entirely saying, Lord, I want you to speak to me. I surrender myself to you. I want you to have your way in me. Show me where I'm grieving you. Um, So in a minute, I'm going to call up the worship team. But at first, I want to read a really, really, really cool psalm. Psalm 1611. It says, You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. That's the promise that comes with being aligned with Him, with being vulnerable with Him. There's fullness of joy. There's fullness of joy. There's being used by the Holy Spirit. There's being one with Him.